Jesus, we do call on your name. You are the name that is above every single name. So we come before you this morning, Lord Jesus, and we exalt you. We lift you on high. I'm going to encourage you, church, to raise your voices with me. Begin to say something. Here's the thing. There's something that can only come from your lips to the Father. And Jesus, we just exalt you in this place. We elevate you in this place. We elevate you in our own hearts and in our own lives, our own circumstances, our own situations, and our own struggles and relational tensions, the issues that we have in the office or at home, in our finances. Jesus, we just exalt you above all those things. Father, we posture our hearts to believe in who you are and what you are doing in us. We believe with all of our hearts that you are at work in a mighty way in our lives, in our stories, and in our situations. And this morning, Lord Jesus, we want to make sure that we posture you appropriately. We put you in the place that you deserve to be in, and that is this, Jesus over everything. We exalt you. We lift you up. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for being who you are, faithful, strong, our salvation, our redeemer. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that because of you, we all have a place with the Father. So this morning, we invite you. Have your way in us. Lord Jesus, move in us. Speak to our hearts, to our lives. We give you permission to move in us. We open our eyes. We open our ears. We are listening and ready to receive what you have for us this morning. And we pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody in the room and online said, amen. 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 Good morning, Church on the Rock. Man, it's good to see you guys. Merry Christmas to everybody. You can go ahead and be seated uh, if you would like. You guys are looking really, really good. A lot of festive outfits, and I love that. Um, I don't have a lot of festive stuff, so I wore this, okay? Forgive me. Give me grace. But it's really, really good to see you. Merry Christmas. Hey, we have an incredible, incredible day in store for you guys. Uh, I don't know if you know this, Church on the Rock, but today's a special day. It's an annual day. It is a day that we look forward to every single year. It's a day where we receive our impact offering, everybody, and I'm so excited about it. I'm so excited about it. I don't know. I feel like there should be more enthusiasm, so I'm going to just try one more time. Today's the day that we receive our impact offering in our church today, everybody. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. So here, I want to explain, um, maybe you're a guest, maybe you've not been with us long, maybe you don't know what this is, or maybe you're a part of our church family and you're like, I don't, I don't know, I don't really remember. Uh, every year, we have put it in our hearts that we just want to take one day, one day where everything our church gives, we just want to give it all away. We just want to go bless other people and organizations and missionaries and churches and we want to do outreach and we want to expand our reach into our community and that's what today is and I want you to know something about our church okay everybody our church is a tithing church and let me explain what that means the word tithe is a biblical term and it's very very simple it means tenth that's all it means tenth and what I want you to know about church on the rock is that we are always giving always in fact we will never at church on the rock give less than 10 percent because we're a tithing church. So here's what that means, that every week when you give, we are always giving, all the time. We do this for a lot of reasons. One, we wanna be generous. Two, we wanna be biblical. We wanna be obedient to what the Spirit of God has called us to, and we believe that tithing is a biblical principle. I'll unpack that a little bit later. But we just had it in our hearts, so like what if there was a day we just gave it all away? 
Because the Bible says it's more blessed to give than to receive. And what if we just chose a day where we just, instead of 10, we just did 100? What would that be like? It's one of my favorite days of the year because I'm telling you, when we get the opportunity to make investments into people's lives, it is unbelievable to watch their reactions and to see the answer of prayer that sometimes we get to be for them. And it's not that we're great, it's that God is being great in the way that he's using us. And so we've said it this way about our impact offering, we don't want you to give to the church, we want you to give through the church. And so we have been very strategic and very intentional to find people and organizations, churches and outreach opportunities where we can vet them and we actually look into them. Like, are you good stewards with your money? Because we want to give into good soil. We want to be a blessing into the kingdom. And so we have done our part on the back end and just done a a bunch of research about who, who could we bless? Who could we give to? Who could we impact this year? And so our, uh, our leadership of our church is very intentional and very strategic with this. And so one of the things over the last year or so that we've really been intentional to do is that we wanna, we wanna see more of our giving go to unreached people groups. Like people that don't have the opportunity to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Or maybe they don't have the luxury of having a Bible in their own language. It's a pretty nice thing to have, I would say, right? If you're, a, if you're a believing Christian that sees God's word as what God's word is, true and perfect and for us, then having the Bible is, is a real asset and it's a real benefit. And so we've been, we've been trying to find ways to strategically partner with people that are taking the gospel to, to people who are not reached. And one of those areas in our world is an area called the 1040 window, the 1040 window. And I would imagine that some of you in this room know exactly what that is. When I say, man, we are being intentional to make a difference in the 1040 window, there are some of you guys that are like, yes, man, I love this idea, that is awesome. And there are others of you that are like, what is that, right? Some of you, I have no idea what the 1040 window is. I I didn't know either until I was educated about what it is. And so what we're gonna do is we're gonna take a little over four minutes, we're gonna educate you. How many of you guys prepared to go to school? You guys prepared to learn something today? I hope you came to church to receive a deposit of information that is both practical and spiritual because that's what we're about around here. And so we're gonna just, I, I, wanted to, I want you to turn your attention to the screen and I wanna educate you for just a few moments about what the 1040 window is. And then right after that, myself and Pastor Aldrich are gonna show you how we're practically and tangibly making an impact in the 1040 window. Let's check this out. Jesus told us 2,000 years ago that our mission is to go and make disciples of all nations. He also promised us that only after we accomplish that task will we receive the blessing of His return. So, how are we doing accomplishing our mission? To answer that, let's classify the 7 billion people on the earth today into three groups. Let's start with the Christians. About 33% of the world's population would identify itself as Christian. We call this segment of the population World C, C for Christian. It's important to remember that not all of the people that fall into World C are true believers in Christ. They merely identify themselves as Christian because of nominal belief in Jesus or because they live in a country where everyone is considered Christian, so they would do the same. Next, there's the 38% of the world that has access to the gospel but has chosen not to follow Jesus. They have Bibles in their language, churches nearby, friends or co-workers who are potentially Christians, or access to other Christian resources in their language. 
These people have access to the good news, but just haven't acted on it yet. This segment of the population is called World B. That leaves us with 29% of the world, just over one out of every four people on this planet who not only have never heard of Jesus, they have no chance of hearing the good news of Jesus Christ. They have no access to the gospel, no Bibles, no churches, no believers nearby, no chance to learn about Jesus. We call that 29% World A. Now on to missionaries. Only one out of every 1,800 Christians in World C decides to serve as a cross-cultural missionary. So, we can pull 400,000 missionaries out of that World C population. That's our total cross-cultural missionary force worldwide. Did you know that 72% of all our missionaries are going to World C? That's right! The vast majority of the missionaries being sent out are going to the people of the world that have Bibles and established churches. 25% of the missionaries are sent to World B, where there is already some access to the church and to the Bible. That leaves only 3% of the total missionary force to handle all of World A, the section of the population without any chance of hearing about Jesus. 29% of the world has no way to hear the gospel, but we're sending only a tiny portion of our Christian workers to them. What about finances? Annually, all those Christians in World C earn a total of $42 trillion. And together, they give about $700 billion to Christian causes each year. That includes everything. Christian nonprofits, churches, youth programs, missions, etc. Can you do the math? Less than 2% of Christian income is being given to Christ's causes. Out of that $700 billion given to all Christian causes, only $45 billion is given to missions specifically. That's a little over 6%. In fact, there is more money reported embezzled from the church each year than is given to missions. Remember those 400,000 missionaries? We have $45 billion to support them and their cross-cultural work. But how exactly is it allocated? Well, $39 billion goes to World C every year. Yep. 87% of that mission's money is being spent in areas of the world that have Bibles and churches available. 5.4 billion, or 12%, goes to World B each year, those that have access to the gospel message but have rejected it. That leaves only $450 million, or 1% of all mission's money, going to World A, the least reached people of the world. To put that into perspective, annually Americans spend more money on Halloween costumes for their pets than gets sent to World A. To summarize, only 3% of our missionary force, armed with only 1% of missions giving, is going out to reach the 2 billion people who don't have access to the gospel. 2 billion people are still waiting for the good news of Jesus Christ. So here's a question for you. What are you going to do to change that? Come on out, you guys. Come on out. It's interesting, isn't it, everybody? It's an interesting education that we just received. And I want to I say something very quickly that um, I don't think it's bad that people are going to world B and C. Actually, I think there's incredible causes. There's incredible things taking place really across the world globally. But in light of that information that we've been more of, uh, attuned to in the last year or so, we just thought as a church we want to be more strategic in that, in that people group. We wanna be more strategic in that, in that world C, 
where people do not have access. And so we've been very, very intentional to say, God, how would you use us that way? And so we've got some guests up here. And I want to turn it over to Pastor Aldrich to introduce uh, our guests. I almost said their names, but I'm going to let you do that, introduce our guests and to tell us a little bit about who they are and how we got connected. Well, good morning, Church of the Rock. That was decent. I like that. <laughs> after that video, I hope I need to get a little bit. Good morning, Church on the Rock. Good morning. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, look. So, look. I'm going to ask you this. Does anyone, do, do these faces look familiar to anybody? Okay, I'm seeing some hands. Because the thing is, is that a few months ago, you saw them on a video. I'm seeing some head nods, okay? Your memory is being jogged. Well, who I have with me is Rachel and Cody, and they are... Uh, two workers with a group called Global Teams, which is an international missions sending organization. As an aside, we also have the U.S. Director, Cheryl Shaw and her husband, Tom, with us. Can you just give us a wave, give us a wave, give us a wave. And so they're also here with us. And so uh, you heard Pastor Josh talk about our heart's desire to help, right? Because think about this. Jesus will not come back until every nation tribe, language, and tongue has access to him. Right? Right. It's, it, it is written. It is written. And so church, the beautiful thing is that you and I get, a, get to play a small part in that happening by supporting missionaries. And so what I want to do, actually, I, I asked, I asked uh, Cody, I said, hey, look, are you okay if I give you the mic? He said, I, I can do that. Because, because we talk about Impact Sunday and, and how your impact is making a difference. I'll go ahead and spill the beans. Finances are important, okay? It just is. They raise their own support to be on the field. Now, I asked some questions, and I, you know, you, you can only be as veiled as much, but hey, how can we help you? How can we support you? Can I tell you one of the ways that they said finances was there, but it wasn't the primary one? Church, this is what I'd ask for you. A portion of today's impact offering will be given to you on a monthly basis going forward uh, over the next 12 months to help sustain your ministry. So I want you to know that. Can we give God a hand clap for that? They will be receiving monthly financial support. But above and beyond that, this is what they asked for. And maybe should I let you say what you asked for? Can I, can I let you say it? Okay, so look, can we give it up again to Cody and Rachel? Hello, Church on the Rock. Um, so good to be here. Um, the main thing that we asked for um, from our churches, all of our partners that support us, is for prayer, um, is for you guys to actually go with us in prayer because we, we can go there physically, but we need you guys to go with us spiritually. We need you guys with us there um, because we can't do this alone. It's not just Rachel and I who are there. It's the body of Christ who's going with us there. So thank you guys so much for having us. We're so blessed to be here with you guys. So along with that, well, first off, church, look, I'm going to ask you, are you willing to pray? Mm, that was about 20%. I do math, okay? I'm a good at math. <laughs> church, are you willing to pray? Yes. Amen. Thank you. Can we give God a hand clap? As we do that, we also have gifts for you. We may need to step up so that she can... Uh, we also have these gifts on behalf of Church in the Rock. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a COTR swag bag, okay? There you go. So now there they have go. some COTR gear. Now look, they're overseas in a 99% Muslim nation. 95% for sure. I can't even tell you where it is on the map for security reasons. But do know that, and look, 20, 25, and 23? These guys are 25 and 23 years old. 
I think about where I was when I was 25 and 23 years old. And I love the Lord, but I, I wouldn't do this. You understand? You understand? And so, so some, some of you see Rachel and Cody as, as, as your kids. Well, first off, let's say peers, right? Some of you see them as friends. Some of you see them as peers. Some of them you may, you may see them as, as your kids. And we, we talked earlier, some of you see them as their grandkids. What God is doing, what God is doing. And so church, do know that again, your giving is playing a part in reaching the nations for Christ Jesus. Once again, can we give God a hand clap for what he's doing? Thank you guys. We love you. Yeah, and I'm gonna invite you guys to stay on the platform with us for a moment. Here's what excites me the most about Cody and Rachel is that it's, for me, it, what we're doing is feels more specific now. It's not just some missionaries in some location. It's Cody and Rachel in a specific location, like, like people that we can hear from and talk to, pray for. We can get real-time information about what is going on on the field and what are the wins? How is God moving in you? What lives are being transformed? What needs do you have? And my favorite part about this partnership is that specificity, that it's like we can have a direct connection and then they are out on the field and while they're out there, they're, they're very isolated and there's not a lot of support around them in spiritual ways at all, but they have a family that they can know, hey, we're being prayed for, we're being covered, we have people that we can talk to. They have a place of refuge that they can come and say, oh man, we just, we just need some time to kind of to rest and replenish and get ready and geared up to go back. And that's what we have the opportunity to be. So for me, this, this is just my personal opinion, right? You can agree or disagree, but for me, this feels better because it's like these are, these are names and stories and people and I can get real data from the real field of what we have the opportunity to be a part of. And the, the truth of the matter is that individually, we probably couldn't have this kind of impact alone. But together, we have that opportunity too, and, and that excites me. And so I wanna thank you guys for just being a part of this and allowing us to be a part of what you're doing. It really feels amazing, and we really do love and support you guys very, very much. Even though our friendship is young, we, we plan for it to deepen and grow over time with you guys. So this is an, ex an example of how your impact giving impacts the world, like, like the, the whole world. Here in just a moment, I'm gonna show you another video, and this, this was just sent to us from a church that we actually gave to last year from this very offering. We didn't even ask for this video. They, they just put it together and sent it to us as a way of saying thank you. Now this is, this is a church, you'll learn about it here in just a moment, but a church that uh, you'll be reminded of it, I should say, because you learned about them last year, uh, but you'll be reminded of, it, of them once again, uh, who is in the great state of Iowa. And we had the, amen, and all my deer hunters are like, yes. Um, they, we had the opportunity to give into that ministry as well. And so what I want, I want to scale it from, from a world impact to a national impact. Check this video out. My name is Pastor RJ. I'm the lead pastor at Limitless Church, a brand new church plant here in Ankeny, Iowa. And I just want to say thank you so much for your generosity. We are seeing lives changed and souls saved. We launched eight weeks ago. You know, we, we were blown away on launch Sunday when we had 278 people walk through the doors and it was a real cool moment and God did some incredible things. But what's been even more incredible to me has been the fact that even a month after launch in the month of October, we averaged 163 people. And I'm not a guy that's all about numbers, but I do believe that every number represents a person. Every person has a story. Every story has a soul and they're gonna spend eternity somewhere. And that's why we exist. And we've already seen 77 people surrender their lives and make a commitment to live for Jesus. 
This is why we launched a new church. God has been on the move. We've seen lots of stories of people feeling welcomed and accepted. And one person said for the first time, they feel like there's hope for their future. We have nine people getting baptized in two Sundays, potentially even more. And one of them is my own son. Your generosity has changed eternity for many people's lives, and you are a huge difference maker. Hey, doesn't it feel good to make a difference? Doesn't it feel really good? So this is a church that, again, we've had the opportunity to partner with and to make a difference with, and I love it. I personally believe, I have a belief, that, that the mobilized local church is the hope of the world. When a church is on the move, when a church is doing things in its community, when a church is actively presenting the gospel, I actually think it's the hope of the world. And this is why we want to see churches planted all across the world. This is why we help churches plant all across the nation. And in fact, is why we will help churches plant even in our own city. And just this morning, we had a church that will be planting next month on January the 22nd, right around the corner from us at Sebastian Middle School. On January 22nd, it's going to be day one for them. And so uh, the pastor reached out to me recently. Uh, we had met together in, a, in a, a thing that we participate in as a church called The Collective. And he just said, hey, I'd love to just get to know you a little more. I'd love to talk with you some. And I said, man, I would love that. And we met for coffee recently. And, and he said, hey, I just like we're about to plant and we're just going to be planting like like right around the corner from you guys. And he said, I, man, look, I just want you to know, like we're not trying to like take anybody out of your church or you know, anything like that. And I, I just, it was sort of this sort of hands up thing that he was doing with me. Like, I just want you to know, man, we're just trying to be obedient to God. And, and I said, Pastor Tim, let me, just, let me just make you feel at ease because we don't see you as competition. We're not worried about you taking people out of our church. God provides the people to our church and God will provide the people to your church. And I said, in fact, we would like to just get behind you and help support what you're doing because we've done what you're doing. We, we've launched new efforts. We've launched a church. We've, we've moved into a high school auditorium. Like, this is familiar ground for us. And so this morning, uh, Cedar Church was with us. If you'll show, the, oh, there they are. That's their team right there, me several members of their team. They were with us pre-service and they wanted to just see what does it look like to unload trailers and to set things up and to, to, to transform a school into a church atmosphere. And what does that look like? And then uh, the pastors, Pastor Tim and Kim, if you'll go back to that other picture uh, with my amazing wife and Pastors Tim and Kim Pollock right there. Some of you guys know them, I, I've been discovering. We had the opportunity just to pour into their lives this morning and, and just practically show them like, well, this is how we do what we do. And then we just rolled the red carpet out and put the welcome mat at the door and said, anytime you need any help, you wanna see anything behind the scenes, you wanna have a part of anything that we're doing, uh, we just wanna, we wanna participate in that and just know that you can come at any point and learn from us. We would love to pour into you because the chances are we'll be able to learn from you too. So not only were we able to put some practical application on it, but I just want you to know that a portion of today's giving is gonna go into Cedar Church. We are gonna be giving into a church that's planning in our own city right around the corner. And I'm gonna be honest with you, I've had people push back on that before. Like, really? Like, why would you give to a church in our own city? And I'm gonna just make it really clear. Because we do not compete with them. We run alongside them, that's why. Because at the rate that our community is growing, we need more churches and we need those churches to grow. And here's what I believe, that if you are a Bible teaching, Christ-centered church, 
I'm on your side. I'm with you. And so as a church family, we just decided let's just participate in what God is doing, not just at Church on the Rock, but what God is doing in St. Augustine, what God is doing in the United States, and what God is doing across the world. Let's do our part. And what we know is we can do more together than we can alone. We believe that today our generosity and our giving is going to make an impact not only in St. Augustine, not only in the United States, but across the world. And so what I want to do is I want to invite Cody and Rachel back to the center, and they're going to be the representation. You guys come. They're going to be the representation. I want you to be thinking of, of them and what, what they are doing worldwide and what missionaries are doing worldwide. I want you to think of Limitless Church and what they're doing uh, in the nation. It's they, they are in Iowa, and we are in Florida, and we're partnered together. And then I want you to think of Cedar Church that is planting in St. Augustine and what we can do in our own community. And what I would love to invite you to do is just stretch your hands toward Cody and Rachel, and we're going to pray for what God has called us to do and who God has called us to impact. Father, we just stretch our hands toward Cody and Rachel specifically and pray in the mighty name of Jesus for your protection, for your provision. God, we pray in the mighty name of Jesus for you to do in their lives what only you can do, for you to do in the lives of those they're called to what only you can do. We pray, Father, that you would continue to be on the move, Lord God, as they put their feet on that foreign soil in those dangerous places. To those people, Lord God, that they've yet to establish strong relationships with, I pray in Jesus' mighty name for favor over them. I pray that you would prepare the way for them, and I pray, Holy Spirit of God, that you would use them in mighty and powerful ways. God, we do pray for limitless church, church and churches across the United States that are teaching your word, the truth of God, that are centered around Jesus, Lord God, the hope for mankind. And we, ex we just pray that you would bless their churches and grow these churches, Lord God. Help them to have greater influences in their community, to serve people, to give people family, to give people a place, Lord God, to receive prayer and teaching and worship and a place, Lord God, where they can put their gifts into action. They can serve other people, we pray, in the mighty name of Jesus. And then, Father, we pray for our church. We pray for Cedar Church. We pray for the churches of St. Augustine, Lord God, those that are represented in the collective that we get to partner with, those, Lord God, who are represented all across our county and our community. And we just pray in the mighty name of Jesus that your spirit would move through us in Jesus' mighty name. We know there are people in our own neighborhoods, Lord God, in our, in our own city who have not experienced the hope of Jesus. And we pray, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord God, that you would do great, mighty, and powerful things in us, in this city, we pray. And Father, we pray that as we give today, Lord God, that you, through your power, would make an incredible impact, both locally, nationally, and internationally. And we pray this, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, amen, amen, amen. Would you give it up for Cody and Rachel, by the way? Thank you guys for being with us. Love having you guys. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. Okay, we're going to transition into uh, today's message. You guys ready for that? All right, listen, I'm going to try to pull it down, okay? I'm going to try to do it in a little bit less time than normal so you guys can still get to lunch on time and all that kind of stuff. How many of you guys got plans? Come on today. How many of you guys are looking forward to some football? Shout out your favorite team real quick. Go ahead. Okay, all right, cool. I did hear Dolphins right down here, primetime, 820 tonight in SoFi Stadium against the Chargers. I don't know. I might be watching. Um... <laughs> I am a Dolphins fan, and they have the great opportunity to disappoint me today. Let's find out. <laughs> They've been doing it for 39 seasons. I just hope today is different. Come on, say amen right there. Amen. Pray for your pastor. Amen. And pray for his favorite football team. Amen. So we are in a, we are in a series, a Christmas series, 
Uh, and we've been calling this series Unto Us. Unto Us. This comes from this incredible prophecy that was given about Jesus from the prophet Isaiah. And he, and he makes this declaration about this coming Messiah. He, he makes, he makes a, an announcement, if you will, that there's someone coming that is going to radically transform people's lives. And in that declaration, the announcement, so to speak, he gives four major characteristics to who Jesus is going to be. I want you to look at it with me in Isaiah chapter 9. We're going to look at verse 6. This is Isaiah, and he says, For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called, Paul's right there, because now he's going to describe who Jesus will be. And this is what he says. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And last Sunday we talked, that's probably me, and if it doesn't fix, let me know, guys, and, and I'll switch over to another microphone, okay? Um, last week we talked about Jesus being the Wonderful Counselor. How many of you guys were here last weekend? Let me hear you. Let me see you. All right, good. Yeah, good, good, good. Best sermon you ever heard. I know, I know. Um, I'm totally teasing. But we talked about the reality that Jesus is, in fact, a wonderful counselor. He leads us well. He speaks into our lives. He helps us in our weaknesses. He, he, he speaks to deficiencies. He always helps guide us into his plan and his purpose. Today, I want to talk to you about Jesus being the mighty God. Come on, doesn't that sound fun? Doesn't that sound good? This is why we love superheroes. This is why we like Marvel movies. We like something that's mighty. We want something that's powerful. We need something that is bigger than us. And I'm here to declare, just like Isaiah declared, that Jesus is for you a mighty God. Amen, everybody? Amen. And we're going to continue. So each week, we're going to be talking about this. So next Sunday, we'll be talking about Jesus being an everlasting father. And on Christmas Day, on Christmas Day, we will be online only, everybody. And we will be talking about Jesus being the Prince of Peace. And can I just put a little promotion out there for Christmas Day? Is that, is that okay? Can I just plug something? I, for whatever reason, um, I, I probably know where it's coming from, but, but I'm not going to unpack that for the sake of time. But the Spirit of God is leaning my heart in a heavy, heavy way toward people who are experiencing Christmas with loss. Perhaps it's your first Christmas without someone. Perhaps it's your first Christmas where the, the season is just different because of some kind of tear, some kind of loss. If that's you, you do not want to miss Christmas Day's premiere. I'm just telling you right now, you do not want to miss it. And if that's not you, can I just say, like, if you're like, I don't know, everything's great, woo, and, and it's like all, you know, snowmen and, and elves and, and all that stuff, and you're just excited about the season, let me, let me just say something to you. You don't want to miss Christmas Day, and here's why. Because there is a good chance that you know someone or associated to someone that maybe you're going to encounter someone who has experienced that kind of loss. And I hope that, I hope that this message that God's building in my heart would help us to serve them well because Jesus is our Prince of Peace. Amen, everybody. Amen. That's a little promotion, okay, a little promotion. Let's talk today, though, about Jesus being the mighty God. I just love it. I just love that description. It makes me feel like, like, ah, yes. Like Jesus, he's not some frail, timid, weak, 
You know, like some of the paintings depict him to be a little softer a man than I think he might have been. I think Jesus was like the ultimate man's man, right? But Isaiah said, no, 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 Jesus isn't frail. He's not some soft guy. He is our mighty God. I want to talk about that a little bit today. Is that okay with you? How many of you guys have ever had the opportunity to be under something that is bigger than you or someone that has more authority than you? You've had the opportunity to be under their authority. Let me describe it. Because some of you guys are like, yeah, I know. My boss is like, hey, I want you to do this. like, yes, I'll get on that. I don't mean like that. I mean like, have you ever had the company card and an expense account? You ever been in charge of buying the company Christmas gifts for everybody? You ever had a backstage pass? Where you guys at? Come on. You ever, had, you ever been in places where other people didn't get to go? Maybe you had some sort of VIP status and you got like the better parking and you got the better seats and you were in the box seats watching the game. How many of you have ever experienced that? I need to hear from you this morning. Where are you at? I've had that moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a beautiful thing, isn't it? How many of you guys have ever flown first class? <laughs> Listen, that'll spoil you. It'll spoil you. You do it, you'll spend the money to do it every time. It's so much better. It's so much better. Years ago, uh, I was a soldier in, in the Army. I'm a soldier right now of Jesus Christ. Come on, my king. But I was a United States Army once upon, uh, soldier once upon a time. And, uh, and I had this cool opportunity that my good friend, and bro, I doubt you're watching, but just in case the wild man is watching, shout out to you, my dear friend. But I had this opportunity that my, my buddy Andy, who was in my unit, he, he sort of opened the door for me to get to do this thing. And so I'm I'm a country boy, everybody. Listen, I like deer hunting and race cars and that kind of stuff. That's just who I am, okay? And so he, he said, hey, Josh, I got us an opportunity to go to the Coke Zero 600, 400, in, right? Whichever one it is. Y'all know. Y'all know. In Daytona, 600. In Daytona. We got to wear our uniforms, but we get to be on the infield and we get to hold that big, giant flag. And I'm like... Bro, you're my new best friend. I liked you before. I love you now. This is great. And so me and my, me and my friend, uh, this is like 2000, maybe six or seven, we had to go down to Daytona, and we had to wear our, our green uniforms, the good ones, the cool camo before they started changing it. We had to wear our green uniforms down there, and we got the opportunity to be a part, I mean, of this huge, this flag was the most giant thing. It wouldn't fit in this room if it was stretched out. It was humongous. There were soldiers and airmen and Marines. I mean, we were just stretched out there holding this thing, and our job was to stretch out this flag. We had to tote it on our shoulders and carry the thing out or whatever, and then we waved it like this, and jets are flying. I mean, coolest thing ever. It was awesome. It was so awesome, and I, got, and I got to be down there for it. And so the deal was that, hey, you're going to be in the infield. Obviously, you're going to do this little thing. And uh, there were certain times that we had hit, like, hey, we're all going to meet at this place, and we do the deal. And then once it's done, we all got tickets to the race where we could go into the grandstands and, and watch the race for free. That was, it was like this, this perk that I, I don't know who did it, the Speedway. It doesn't matter to me. Sponsors, I just was the beneficiary of it. It was the best thing ever. And so here's what I discovered really quick. In fact, Andy and I both discovered quickly that in that era, you put on that uniform at an event like that, you might as well be like the head of NASCAR because we got to go everywhere, everywhere. Teams were inviting us into their garages. Hey, come on in, guys. We were watching them tinker with 
with race cars. I got to stick a lug nut on a rim. Like, let me just, can I do one? Can, all right, I was so excited. I got to sit up in, uh, in Mark Martin. Some of you guys know who that is. I got to sit in his pit box and watch the race that was happening live somewhere else while they were getting his car ready to go racing that night. We got to go behind the scenes. We got to, we got to get autographs and meet people and photographs. I had my, the only thing I had was like my BDU cap, and, and I still have it in a Dan Marino Wheaties box at home, and it's covered, it's true, and it's covered in signatures from people that we met. I met Joe Gibbs. I just got to talk to Joe, a little side note that I don't have time for, but Joe Gibbs, every autograph that he would sign, whatever you gave him, he would also sign an individualized personal track telling people how to receive Jesus. So for every one autograph you asked for from Joe, you got two. So it was his, it was his ministry moment since we're walking through the pit area with Joe Gibbs and he's signing my cap and handing me something telling me about Jesus. Listen, I'm, my, here's my whole point. It was awesome. It was awesome. And if you've ever experienced something like that, it's pretty stinking awesome. Like to have that kind of access or pass or, or to get like the VIP thing or like we, we get to do that, you know what I'm saying? Or whatever it is, it, it really feels amazing. And here's what I want to communicate to us this morning is that those of us, and maybe it's not everybody in this room, but I would imagine it's the majority, but those of us that are in Christ Jesus, like we know him, We've, we've, we've put our faith in who he is and what he's given to us. He is our mighty God. And, and it's like we get to operate under a different kind of authority. Because if you had taken me to the race that day and put me in these clothes, and I tried to walk in to one of those shop areas, that had been like, uh, excuse me, homie, I don't, I don't think so. Uh, who are you? But there was something about what I was wearing that gave me access to something I otherwise would not have had. That what I recognize quickly is it isn't me. They don't think I'm special. This uniform is special. And it's because of what I'm representing that they value. It's the authority that I'm under that gives me what I have here today. And I want to remind every Christian in the room, and I want to bait every one of you that can become a Christian today in this room, that when we step into a personal relationship with Jesus, he's described by Isaiah and needs to be reminded sometimes by the preacher that he's not just Jesus that saves us, he's the mighty God Amen. that gives us access to things that we would otherwise not have access to because it isn't us, it really is him. And I wanna talk about, can I unpack that quickly today? I'm gonna give you three thoughts today. And the first one is this, that, that, that living in the reality of Jesus being our mighty God gives us access to his power. Jesus gives us power. Like a power that is greater than us. A power that is not our own. A power that goes beyond us. Because I'm gonna tell you something, that we need Jesus, the mighty God, to give us access to his power. Because how many of you know, like, I can pray, but I can't change a heart. I need his power to do that. We, we, can, we can give, but, but, it, but it, it ain't going to make the impact that unless Jesus' power goes with it. I can be obedient, I can do things, I can memorize scripture, but it's his power that makes that word come alive in my life and in my situation. What, what I have access to because of Christ is this mighty God and his power. I step into something that I otherwise wouldn't have the opportunity to step into because it isn't about me, it's about the authority in which I'm under. It's the uniform, if you will, that I get to wear as a follower of Jesus. 
Even Jesus himself recognized this when he was praying in Matthew chapter 6. You would recognize it perhaps as the Lord's Prayer, but he ended it this way. He said, and do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the, say it, power and the glory forever. Amen. Jesus himself understood, God, I need your power to fulfill my calling. Yours is the power and yours is the kingdom. And I want to remind us this morning that Jesus is our mighty God. And listen to me, follower of Christ, you have access to his power. He is mighty. And here's the best part about it. It isn't just that it's out there and that he has it and like, okay, God, I hope that you'll just give me your power every once in a while. I hope you'll just, hope you'll just spray me with some, like a sprinkler or something. I hope I can get caught up in some magic every once in a while. No, no, no. Like the power of Jesus, the mighty God is available to us every single day. Second Peter 1 verse 3 says this, by his divine, say that word, by his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. I love this verse. We have received all of, his, all of this by, be, by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. Listen to me, Church on the Rock. Jesus is your mighty God, and he wants to give you access to his power. That's what he wants you to have, his power. The second thing that I want to remind you this morning is this, that Jesus wants to give us access to his strength. Not just his power, but his strength. And it's actually a little bit different. And I want to, I want to unpack that just a little bit. Because his power is this, that I'll use the example. In fact, in fact, let me use a different example than I was about to use. It's impact offering today, right? And we're giving today. And there's stigmas. How many of you know there's stigmas about churches and preachers and money? Come on, be honest. Let's admit it in the room. Come on. If you're in the chat online, just put, show me a hand. Like, yeah, I've seen it. And I'm not afraid, by the way, to talk about money, giving, tithing. I'm not afraid. And the reason I'm not afraid is because it's in the Bible. Whatever. Don't get mad at me. You can get mad at Jesus. Like, I don't know. But on a day like today, when everything you give goes away, I'm even less concerned about talking about it, okay? Because there isn't some hidden agenda around here. But, but let me give you an example. And I'll just give you the example from my own family. My household, we are a tithing household, meaning that 10% of the increase that comes into our household, we return back to the Lord. How do we do that? We give it back to our church. And in my household, it's the first thing we do. Because the Bible says that I should return the first fruits of my increase. I should return it. And today, when we give, when, when my family gives, we're going to give electronically. We're going we're to use our phones. And in fact, almost every time my family or household gives, we do give electronically. It's just nice. It's simple. It's easy. Um, we, we use an app called PushPay. And so in the language uh, in our weekly money meetings is we're going to push it. All right, we're going to push the tithe or we're going to push the gift. Let's push it. That's the language that we use in my household. Now, I'll say this, that almost every single bill that we pay in my household is electronic and automatic. So like my mortgage, for example, we don't do it. They just take it. The money's in the account, and we have things organized a certain way, and when it comes due, it gets drafted. They just take it out. But we don't do that with our tithe. We, we manually send it electronically, and we do it first. Why do we do this? Because we want the action. 
We actually want the practice and the process to return that tithe back to the Lord. And we do it first, and we do it before we calculate budget. We do it before we look at bills. We, look, we do it before we look at expenses. Because in our obedience to God's word, in returning the tithe first, here's what we declare, that God, we trust your power to provide for us, not our income, not our savings, not our investments. We put our hope in your power to provide. And in our home, I can tell you story after story after story all throughout history where we didn't necessarily have the money to tithe, which is an oxymoron because God has given us all of it. Our responsibility is to trust him and return what is his. Amen, everybody? Today, my family will not tithe. Today, my family will give. What we give today is above and beyond our tithe because we return to God what is God's. That is the first 10%. And then we give of our offerings above that. Pastor Josh, why are you taking the time to unpack this? I'm not trying to brag on ourselves. It's percentage. So it would be the same thing for you. It's the same percentage, right? If you were a tithing family, it's, it's, it's about percentages, not amounts. But what we do as followers of Jesus is we say, by doing this action, God, we put our trust in your power to provide. And we do it first because we trust you above all other things. Now, in all those seasons throughout our history, when we then had to figure out how are we getting groceries, keeping the lights on, buying those diapers, et cetera, et cetera, that is when we needed God's strength. God, I need you to carry me through this difficulty. I need your strength to help me to stay faithful. When, when Cody and Rachel are on that mission field, they will see God's power, but in the daily grind of the process of what they're doing, I need, they need to walk under God's strength. Provide, make us strong enough to be faithful and obedient. Make us strong enough, Lord God, to do the things that you've asked us to do. Make us strong enough when we have to say no to certain associations and we have to separate from certain people and we have to move on from former things in our lives because you're calling us to something greater. God, your power will set us free from our past, but it's your strength that'll get me there. Am I making sense this morning? And the, and the Bible talks about this uh, in, in uh, let, me, let me find it, Proverbs 18. The Bible says that the name of the Lord is a strong fortress and the godly run to him and are safe. And there are times that it's like, we need your strength, Lord God, to carry us, to give us the endurance, to give us the ability to carry what you've called us out to carry. And when you provide the strength and we walk in that obedience, then we see and experience your power. Am I making sense? It's such a big deal. It's so important. But what I love is that it's not that we can just run to God. It's not just that it's, not just that, like, it's out there. I, I, what, I, what I hope to convey today is that all of these things, these points that I'm communicating to you, they're yours. It's like you put that uniform on. It, it's like you're a VIP. You have all access. You're a follower of Jesus. You're connected to the mighty God. You operate underneath his power. And in Philippians, the Bible reminds us, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. It's not just that I can run to the strong tower where he is strong. It's that he actually puts his strength in me. And when me, the follower of Jesus, you, the believer in Christ, the disciple of Jesus, decide I put my hope in you. I put my faith in you. 
and I'm going to follow you the way you've called me to follow you, he will do powerful things in our lives and in our stories and in our situations, and he will strengthen us to be faithful in every situation. Amen? Amen. Amen. I'm going to close right here because, because this mighty God, it's not only that he wants to give us his power, it's not only that he wants us to have access to his strength, it's because his plan is what he's trying to see our lives fulfill. Can I make a declaration that's so true? It's bigger than us. Can I personalize it a little bit? It's bigger than me. Can I get into your business just for a moment? It's bigger than you. And I know that goes against every American natural thing we believe about ourselves. <laughs> Let's be honest, okay? But God has a plan, and his plan is bigger than us. God might be calling me to be faithful and sacrificial so that someone else, praise the Lord. Is it me or you? All right, I'll just switch. Can you hear me now? Come back over here. I was standing on this spot right here. Good morning, Marcy. <laughs> God has called us to be faithful, to carry his strength, to walk in his power because he wants us to fulfill his plan. His plan for other people. His plan for his purposes. What he's trying to achieve in the kingdom of God. And I don't know how many times, but I'll bet it's more than I would like to count. How many times have I hindered his plan because I didn't trust his power or walk in his strength? And that's a little disappointing to me if I'm guilty of that. And for sure, across the story of my journey of faith, I'm guilty of that. But I'd like not to be. I'd like it to happen less and less and less for me I would like to have a mindset that says, God, it's so much bigger than me. It's not only about me. And so, Father, I want to see your power at work in my life. And I want your strength to fulfill what you're calling me to do because I want to see your plan. You are the mighty God. The Bible tells us in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 3 and 5, it says, This is good and pleases God our Savior. Watch this now. Who wants all people to be saved. All of them across the whole world in places that people don't tend to go. He has a plan. And he just wants all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind. And I just love the end of this verse. The man. Come on. That's so cool. The man. Jesus Christ. And it goes on to just talk about his sacrifice and what he did for us, that verse. Cody and Rachel's a great example that we could utilize this morning of people that are saying, we want to see and experience his power in people's lives who may not otherwise experience it. And in order for that to happen, we are going to have to walk in his strength for us to be faithful to that because we believe it's a part of his plan 
for our lives. Great example. But the same mission is true for you. God may not be calling you to the 1040 window or to the most unreached people groups. He may not be calling you to where they're going, but maybe he's calling you to your office, to your household, to the golf courses, to the job sites, to the college classrooms, to the high school hallways. Maybe God's calling you to be faithful, to walk in his power and in his strength to experience his plan. Amen. Everybody, I'm going to end my message right here. But I want you to look to two or three people around you. Go ahead and start swiveling your head. Look at them. Look at them. Because we're about to pray. We're about to say our salvation prayer. All right? But everybody's already starting to exit. And here's what I want you to say. I want you to say, church ain't over. You got to say it southern. It ain't over. Just tell them, church ain't over. Tell them. Make sure they know, church ain't over. Because some of you guys have a habit. You got a habit. All right, and here's your habit. As soon as we say bow your heads and close your eyes, you gone. Like there's some major crowd to beat or something. Can I just bust your chops or something? Like Applebee's is going to fill up that fast. I don't know what it is. Okay? We're ahead of kickoff. It's going to be okay. But church ain't over. Remind them one more time. Tell them, hey, church, church ain't over. All right, thank you. Good, good. Did you tell them in the balcony? Do they know? All right. It ain't over. It ain't over. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. I want to end my message right here, and I want to end my message with an invitation to those of you that maybe have never put your faith in Jesus. Maybe you've never seen him as your mighty God. The Bible says in Ephesians 3, 20, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine according to his power at work in us. God wants to do more in you than you even thought possible. It's his plan for you. And he's just saying, hey, follower, son, daughter, my child, would you trust me? Because I am your mighty God. And I want you to experience my power and my strength so that you can see my plan for you. I would love for everybody to bow your heads and close your eyes. And as I do every Sunday, I just want to give an invitation for those of you that maybe you've never made a decision to put your faith in Jesus. That's exactly what it requires for you to experience a new life in him. And if that's you, I trust that the Holy Spirit's already been speaking to you. He's already been talking. And so all I'm going to do is give you the opportunity in this moment to make that step. And I'm just going to lead you in a very simple prayer. Everybody in this room is going to repeat this prayer out loud with me because we want you to be able to say this with total confidence and faith. This is your moment. And we just want to rally around you and support you in your moment of life change. Here's our prayer. I want you to say, Dear Jesus, I give you my life. All of it. Come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin. Wash me. Cleanse me. Make me new. All that I am is yours. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Let's put our hands together and congratulate those that may have made that decision, whether you're online or in this building. All right, turn to your neighbor, turn to your neighbor and tell them, hey, church ain't over. Church ain't over. <laughs> Good job, everybody. Good job. I want, to, um, I want to lead us into our impact offering. And here's what I want to say. Maybe you're a guest today 
And you're like, I didn't know that we were given. That's okay. That's okay. Listen, we actually have a thing that we say to guests every single time. And here's what we say. Feel no pressure to give. No pressure to give. In fact, we would really prefer that today's service be our gift to you. Now, if you call Church on the Rock your home, well, then you just follow the the voice of the Lord in your life and you can give accordingly. Does that make sense, everybody? That's our heart. Because our church family gives so generously. You guys are incredible. Incredible the way that you give. But we're about to officially pray over and receive. I know a lot of you are going to electronically give, and I know a lot of you guys have envelopes and all those things. But I want to read a verse to you, and I want you to just take this verse to heart. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7. Watch what it says. This is the, the Bible. In fact, can I just look at it with you? The Bible says this. Each of you should give what you decided in your heart to give. Not reluctantly, not under compulsion or pressure would be synonymous with this word. Because God loves a cheerful giver. So here's what I'm going to say to you. There's no pressure to give on anybody. You don't have to give anything. But I would encourage you, don't be reluctant. What would God have you do? There's no pressure, so I don't want anybody to feel strong-armed. This is why we tell you weeks and weeks in advance about this offering so that you can begin to pray about it, seek God, talk about it with your family, be led by the Spirit of God. What would we do? I would encourage you today to give something. Trust God's power. Maybe today's the day where you say, I've never heard a teaching like Pastor Josh talked about moments ago about my money, but I want to trust God's power to go to work in my life. And I want his strength to be an obedient giver into the kingdom of God. And maybe today is a day that you initiate that process. That would be beautiful. That would be beautiful. But I want to tell you why we're doing this, what you're giving to, and then we're going to pray. There's this verse in the book of John chapter 3, verse 16. This is what it says. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. Can I express my heart to you about this impact offering, everybody? It goes like this. I believe with everything in me that it is impossible to separate love from generosity. I do not think that they can be separated. I don't think you can be generous without love. I don't think that you can love without generosity. And I think that God was the model of that for us. I love the world so much. That I'm gonna give the best I have to it. The very best. And that love and that generosity has changed us all. Amen, everybody? And so our heart as a church is this. We too love the world because the one that we serve, our mighty God, loved the world. And we don't want to separate love from generosity. It's impossible to do it. And so in this way, our heart is simply to be generous. God, we just want to be like you. And we want to give and we want to see you do what only you can do. We know that you have a plan. So we will walk in your power and we will walk in your strength to see you do what only you can do. So here's what I want to encourage you to do. Grab out uh, if you're electronically giving today, even if you're doing it later or you've already done it, I want you to grab out your phone or your iPad. I hope this doesn't ring. 
you're giving today with a check or with cash, I would love for you to get out this envelope. And if you need one of these, I'm totally putting my ushers on the spot. Greeters, if y'all will help me. Raise your hand if you need one of these, and we will make sure one gets distributed to you in this moment right now. The ways to give are on the screen behind me. But what I want you to do is I want you to get in your hands what you will be giving with. Does that make sense? Can everybody do that? I feel like nobody's moving. Show it to me. Hold it up. Hold it up. I'm going to hold my phone. Good, good, good. I'm going to hold my phone because in my household, we're going to do it electronically. This is how we do it. I want you to put this in your hands because we're going to pray for God's power over this gift. God would do what only God can do. And we are going to give to some things, church, like international missions. We are going to give to, I see a hand right over here, uh, wait down here somewhere. They're pointing. You guys are awesome. You'll find, oh, right here, right here, right here. We're going to give to international missions, national missions, local missions. I want you to know that we have incredible vision for our church in the new year. I'm so geeked up and I want to talk about it, but I don't have time and we're not going to. But this is going to be seed money for us to expand in certain areas this year and do more things that we've not done before as a church. Like you are giving into the opportunity for us to reach more people with the life-giving message of Jesus so they may become fully devoted followers of Christ. That's who we are. That's why we exist. That's what we're doing. Amen, everybody. Now, I also want to want to point this out quickly, all right, before we close. This is what we call a connection card. Everybody see it? You have access to one of these as well. And this is a very important tool for us because some of you are in this room and perhaps you made a decision today to follow Jesus. I would love for you to indicate that on this card and also turn this in when you walk out of the doors this morning. It would mean a lot to us because we want to help you take your next steps in this journey of faith. Now, some of you guys are like, yeah, but I don't want that paper. I do it digitally. All right, then you can text the word reborn to the number 97,000 and it will do the exact same thing. Some of you this Christmas season have needs. And there's a portion where you can leave a prayer request. Some of you are stressed out because you're trying to buy gifts and you have such a tight budget. You want to be a blessing, but you don't have much to offer. Some of you are feeling incredible pressure this year because you're going to show up to the family gathering and you're like, you feel like the least of them. I can't give what everybody else gives. I can't be like everybody else is. And there's pressure. Look, let us pray with you about that. Some of you are alone this season because someone you care about Someone you love isn't with you this year like they have been in the years past. Can we pray with you about that, please? Would you write that prayer request down so that we can partner with you and pray? Because we want the Prince of Peace to wrap his arms around you this Christmas season. Amen, everybody. All right, can I be done and we just pray? Is that okay? (laughs) I think everybody's heard enough from me. Grab that envelope. Grab that cash. Grab that cell phone and hold it in your hand. And we're going to ask God's favor and his blessing. We're going to ask him to put his power into this gift so that it can transform lives. Would you stand with me all across the room as we pray? You're a great church. Thanks for being so awesome. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Gosh, we really do. We owe it all to you, everything. You're so strong, you're so powerful. God, you're so incredible and amazing. God, we've been given so much. God, we've been blessed so much. And Father, even if we don't have a lot of stuff, possessions, even if we don't have a lot of financial freedoms or take vacations, God, if we don't don't have toys or we don't keep up with the Joneses, we have your son, Jesus, 
We have the mighty God in our lives, and we thank you that we have access to his power and to his strength to fulfill his plan. And we remember that we store up for ourselves treasures in heaven. Thank you, Father, that there's more to this life than this life. But Father, with our gift today, God, with these phones that we're holding, these envelopes, this cash, whatever it may be, we invite you, Spirit of God, to move in great power over this gift. We ask you, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, to do what only you could do through our generosity today. We're just following your model. We love the world, too, because you did. We've experienced that love. We've experienced your strength. We've experienced your power. And so we ask you, Spirit of the living God, to move in a mighty way. Jesus, we ask you to be the mighty God over this gift. And we ask that it would bless, that it would provide, that it would be answers to people's prayers. Lord God, that it would set people free. I pray that people come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ because we chose to give today. I pray that people would find restoration and freedom and breakthrough because we chose to give. I pray, Lord God, that lives would be transformed because we chose to be generous, that marriages would be restored because we chose to be obedient and trust you to be our mighty God. We pray in the mighty name of Jesus, Father, for you to do what only you can do through our giving today. And we ask this, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen, amen, amen. So if you are giving electronically, you know how to do that. If you are giving with that envelope, uh, then there are boxes in the back of the auditorium on both sides. And as you file out, you can drop those, those gifts in that box, and that's how we'll receive it. Amen, everybody? Hey, let's go have a great day and watch the Dolphins win at 820. Amen. Love you guys. Thanks for being here.